1: One, but it's still very dangerous with winds up to 75 miles an hour. Zedalia is now marching toward Georgia and the Carolinas. Whoa.
2: Well, I'm Nicole Burley. That's all for News Nation Now. I thank you so much for watching our breaking news coverage this afternoon. We're leaving you with a live look at Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Hurricane Zedalia expected to hit the Palmetto State in just a few hours. The Hill starts right now.
3: Flooded streets, widespread power outages, and we are learning of fatalities as well. Hurricane Idalia slamming into the Big Bend region of Florida earlier this morning, making landfall with sustained winds of 125 miles an hour. As you can see right here, the Category 3 storm caused severe damage, with many still concerned about the catastrophic storm surge. More than 280,000 people are without power in the Sunshine State right now, and so far, two others confirmed dead. Now, more states are in the storm's path. Currently, a Category 1 hurricane, Idalia is headed toward Georgia and the Carolinas. We are live across the southeast with the very latest. Plus, back here in Washington, President Biden addressed both the hurricane and the recovery efforts taking place in Maui, saying the climate crisis is to blame. And in Kentucky, it happened once again.
4: Did you hear the question, Senator, running for re-election in 2026?
1: All right, I'm sorry, you all, we're going to need a minute. Senator. Penny.
3: Yet another apparent health episode for Mitch McConnell, the most powerful Republican in the Senate. The Hill, here on News Nation, starts right now. And hello again. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I am Blake Berman, joined today by Julia Manchester, national political reporter for The Hill. Michael Starr Hopkins is a Democratic strategist who worked on both the Obama and Hillary Clinton campaigns. Ashley Hayek is the executive director at America First Works. And my colleague, Kelly Meyer, News Nation Washington correspondent. Hello to you all. A busy news day, of course. A lot to get to here in Washington. Mitch McConnell. Yikes.
2: Yikes. Second time this has happened also comes on the heels of reporting that he has fallen a number of times. If I am House Republican leadership in the Senate, I am nervous right now. Mitch McConnell is arguably the glue that holds Republicans in the Senate together in Washington together. This isn't a good look.
3: All right. So we'll talk about Mitch McConnell. Um, We're going to talk about Eminem, (laughs) The, the rapper, not the candy, and how that relates to the Republican primary race. But first, of course, we begin... With the hurricane in Florida, Hurricane Idalia not over yet, as we know, as parts of Florida uh, are starting to assess the damage that is left behind. That storm made landfall as a major hurricane earlier today in the Big Bend region of western Florida. That's about 200 miles north and west of Tampa. Now, as, it's made, as it made its way northeast, one of the first cities hit in Florida was Perry, about 20 miles away from Keaton Beach. Perry, Florida, is where we find News Nation Stephanie Hines who starts us off here this hour. Stephanie, you can uh, see some of the damage there behind you. What was it like there earlier today?
5: Yeah, Blake, just take a look. Look at all of the sheet metal that has been ripped off the roof of the post office here in Perry. Yeah, uh, this is not even on the coast. It's about at least 10 miles in, but it looks like the eye wall of this storm drilled right through here. Governor DeSantis was actually in this parking lot just here to look at the damage and talk to reporters and talk to people here in town. He believes that this is one of the hardest hit places. And just driving around town, Blake, I can tell you that there are trees down on every road. There are power lines down or snapped at 90-degree angles. There are roads that are impassable. You can hear chainsaws going all over the place. There's a lot of people who uh, are without roofs or parts of their homes or their businesses have been destroyed. I did speak to one third-generation small business owner. He owns a hardware store. It was flattened. He was riding out the storm in his father's house, but he says employees stayed behind in this Big structure uh, thinking it'd be safe. And here's more of what he had to say.
6: Thought it was the safest place to be, and uh turns out it really wasn't. So
5: how did they describe it to you?
6: They went they said within 10 seconds everything was done.
5: And Blake, here's the thing. This is something the National Weather Service will have to confirm, but it can happen. He believes that there was a tornado that drew, uh, drilled through here instead of the hurricane. I mean, it spun off from the hurricane. That is a possibility because he just thinks from the way certain buildings here were damaged, the way it kind of drilled a straight line through the town, is he thinks that's what's happened here. There's going to be a lot of work to do here in Perry. Uh, there's going to be days worth of building and recovery there are a lot of people here without power. It is hot. It is sunny. The regular Florida weather of August uh, and early September has returned. Uh, And so the people here really have a lot of work to do, but they seem pretty resilient, Blake.
3: Stephanie Haynes live for us uh, in Perry, Florida, one of the hardest hit cities there in Florida. Stephanie, thank you. Uh, We are joined now by... Senator Rick Scott, of course, Senator from Florida, who joins us now on the phone. Senator Scott, thank you for being here on the Hill on News Nation. I'm wondering right now where you are, sir, and what you're seeing.
7: Oh, I'm in Naples. I've been traveling the state, um, one, trying to make sure everybody evacuated. Uh, This was a scary uh, hurricane with all this storm surge. Perry's a beautiful town, by the way, uh, with wonderful, hardworking people. And so it just breaks your heart that this thing was... um, Decimated like this. And we do, we end up with a lot of tornadoes after hurricanes. Um, so, we in all of our hurricanes, it seems like we've had that. I had four major hurricanes when I was governor. But right now, uh, I know our first responders are trying to get all through uh, the damage area to make sure if anybody needs any help, uh, we keep everybody alive. And I know Floridians are working hard to keep themselves alive. They're they know that you can't use, you know, chainsaws if you don't know how to do it. You got to be careful with your generators. Don't drive into standing water. Don't touch down power lines. But we got a lot of damage and uh, we got to keep everybody alive. We can, we're going to rebuild the state. Uh, there's beautiful areas that have been impacted and they're all going to get rebuilt. Uh, we're, I think uh, Stephanie said the right thing. We're a very resilient state, uh, hardworking people. And so we're going to come back. But right now your heart goes out to the people that, uh um, Um, might be injured or lost a loved one um, and but we got to keep them safe right now
3: senator as you know uh, here in washington as as fema of course will get on the ground there is on the ground there and will help in the recovery efforts there's an ongoing conversation about funding for fema there was only like five billion dollars or so and that was before maui before this storm Uh, how much more funding do you believe fema needs at this point in time to take care of the needs? of the folks
7: in Florida? Well, I've been asking for this funding. I've been asking for this funding for months. Uh, I've got a bill that would put in $12.5 billion, along with uh, making sure we take care of uh, Florida's citrus industry. We historically have been able to get block grants for the citrus industry, but right now uh, the Department of Agriculture thinks they have to have legislation to do that, so I'm trying to get that done. Plus, historically, we've been giving tax breaks uh, to people impacted by uh, their damages, uh, the costs of their damage around the country when you have storms like this, I'm trying to get that done also in this bill, so hopefully next week uh, we'll come together, um, Republican Democrat and say we've got to get this done for the benefit of uh, the people that have been impacted here, but also uh, what's happened in Maui, what happened in California and other
1: places yeah.
3: are you worried though that a possible government shutdown senator at the end of the month could put FEMA at risk and thus uh, the folks in your home state at risk?
7: Well, I hope not um, I think this I think that everybody is supportive of, of you know, FEMA uh, and what they do. FEMA does a great job. Uh, they're part of the equation of recovery. Um, the states have responsibility. Locals have responsibility. And individuals have responsibility. So I hope uh, next week that we'll get uh, this. Uh, Chuck Schumer will bring this to the floor and we'll vote on it uh, to help people all, all across our country that have dealt with disasters.
3: You know, Senator, before I go, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. Obviously, a scary episode with one of your colleagues, uh, Mitch McConnell, earlier today when you saw that. What do you make of it? And what
7: do you think his future is? Well, I heard about it. I haven't. I haven't seen it. But um, you know, I hope that um, Senator McConnell is healthy. I, I hope that he'll be back uh, on Tuesday with the rest of us uh, to work hard to, to deal with all the issues we're dealing with, including uh, getting budget done by the end of uh, September. So I, I hope he's healthy, and I hope he'll be back next week. Uh, continue to work hard for you know all of us. All right, Senator Rick Scott, uh,
3: joining us in Florida. Uh, I know you'll be uh, up and down that state over the upcoming days. Uh, thank you for joining us here on the Hill, Senator. Appreciate the time. Bye-bye. All right. See you. Bye. Um, over to the panel real quick. Uh, what do you make of, obviously, there's this issue of FEMA funding. Kelly, what are you hearing up on the Hill?
8: Uh, you know, and we heard it in the White House briefing today, uh, just asking if they're able to address the recovery and the ongoing recovery in Maui and now the storm Uh, hitting Florida and the Carolinas and Georgia. Is there enough funding? The exact question. They say there is and that they are able to do this. Um, They have enough in the disaster relief funding um, that they are able to tackle this. But as you heard the senator there saying that he's been asking for this for months. Um, And this is going to be an ongoing recovery, not just in the days ahead, but the weeks and months ahead. And it's very costly.
9: And Governor DeSantis is going to run into an issue. Insurance agencies in Florida have been leaving the state at rapid rates. Now, with hurricane season coming upon us and people already having damage, uh, there's going to be a lot of questions about how they're able to actually get these I, own, I, owned,
3: a, I owned a home there. Uh, yeah. My insurance in Florida was like 6x what it is Absolutely. in Maryland. And that's like anywhere you go if you can get insurance. But that's a, a conversation uh, for another day. Real quick, the answer there on Mitch McConnell, Ashley. Obviously, there's a dynamic there between Rick Scott and, and Mitch McConnell, but it sounds like at this point he wasn't ready to weigh in.
10: Well, it's incredibly sad to see somebody in their final stages of their life at this age under in a job that is such high pressure, just like President Biden. We've seen his falls. We've seen you know his speech um, gaffes and things like that. And when you have people that are 81 and 82 years old in these positions, it's just kind of sad to see their senior years um, just not doing well.
3: Okay, back to the storm, because the National Hurricane Center has just uh, sent out via social media, I believe, that Hurricane Adalia has now been downgraded to a tropical storm. This happens every single time with storms, as we know. When they're over water, especially hot water, in this case the Gulf or really either the Atlantic, doesn't really matter, but especially in the Gulf, storms strengthen with heat. When they get over land, there's all the terrain, and that's when they lose their energy. They lose their power. It was always expected that once this got over land that this would uh, be somewhat of a of a downgrade, I guess you could say. And now the National Hurricane Center is saying... Adalia is officially a tropical storm. Still dangerous, though, because you're talking about heavy winds, flooding, and the like. Uh, Adalia, by the way, of course, will be a major test for the GOP candidate, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, as there are many eyes uh, watching how the Florida governor responds to yet another natural disaster in his state. Today, he toured the damage in Perry, which, as we heard and saw from Stephanie, was one of the hardest-hit towns.
11: We've activated 5,500 members of the Florida National Guard, We also have some of our members of the State Guard. And then we have eight urban search and rescue teams. So we are well equipped uh, to be able uh, to respond to whatever comes down the pike today into tomorrow. And uh, hopefully, you know, we're hoping for the best.
3: The Florida governor has been front and center nationally all week, directing preparations and recovery from the hurricane. Uh, Julia, you wrote an article in The Hill this week or today?
2: Earlier this week. Earlier this week. There
3: we go. What day is it? I guess it's Tuesday. (laughs) Wednesday. There (laughs) There we go. Uh, You said DeSantis challenges a hurricane, a shooting, and taunts from Trump. Obviously, right now, the focus on the governor is the recovery efforts, but... he's running for president so everything's going to be there's going to be a lot of focus on him
2: here. Yeah, and I want to preface what I'm you know what I'm going to say with this um Governor DeSantis is doing a good job and he is doing his job as governor of Florida to respond to this hurricane as past governors of Florida have done as President Biden is doing it at, at the federal level. So they are, so the system is working. They're working together to respond to this. That being said though, hurricanes in Florida historically have been a political opportunity we saw in 2018 with then governor Rick Scott when he was um, you know up for re-election and he was um, you know responding to a hurricane he famously came out there and that baseball cap <laughs> was definitely responding that was an opportunity then of course in 2004 during the Bush Kerry election George W Bush then president bought up airtime in Florida so when uh, families or voters who were home and didn't lose power they could see those ads So, you know, I I don't want to say that, you know, this is um, him capitalizing on this because it's not. But he suspended his campaign for the moment. He has. He has. But this is an opportunity because while you have candidates like Mike Pence, Nikki Haley, the rest of them in Iowa and New Hampshire in these early primary states, Governor DeSantis gets to be in Florida and gets to have all of this network, national and local attention on him. Mm
10: Yeah, I would say that this is actually also a test for President Biden, too, especially as we talk about FEMA and the aid that's required in Florida. You know, that's a president who under... Um, emergency did not go to Palestine, Ohio, and then you have Governor DeSantis, uh, Yes, and then you have Governor DeSantis, who is going down the state and who is there with the National Guard and um, is doing the dirty work that needs to be done to help the people of Florida. So this is a test for both political parties. This is a test, truly, of leadership. At the end of the day,
2: and on that note about President Biden and the dynamic with Ron DeSantis, it's been interesting to watch the two of them over the past couple of years because in 2021 we saw the two of them come together in the aftermath of the Surfside building collapse in Miami. Yep. Then, of course, last year with Hurricane Ian, as much as these two guys like to bicker back and forth and sling mud there were, when there's a crisis, they get the job there done. There was
3: an interesting moment today. Before we move on real quick, I just want to uh, show at President Biden at the White House uh, talking about his phone calls and cooperation with potentially the guy he might be facing off in the general election. Watch.
11: I'd also just remind potential looters that people, you never know what you're walking into. People have a right to defend their property. Uh, This part of Florida, you got a lot of advocates and some proponents of the second amendment. And I've seen signs in different people's yards in the past after these disasters. And I would say it's probably
1: here, you loot, we shoot. No, believe it or not, I know this sounds strange, especially how the, the nature of politics today I think he trusts my judgment and my desire to help, and I trust him to be able to suggest that this is not about politics, it's about taking care of the people of the state.
3: So that, of course, was President Biden earlier today, basically saying there's cooperation with him and the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. All right, turning now to one of the areas already dealing with the after effects of the storm, Sarasota, Florida, located on the Gulf Coast, west side of the state sarasota mayor kyle bitey joins us now uh mr mayor thank you for joining us here on the hill i'm wondering if you could give us a, a diagnosis of of what happened where you live how are things
6: uh how you doing uh good evening um you know we're, we're faring well here to be honest with you um we did a great job i think of uh letting our residents and uh those that have visited um our area and that just uh, relocated here um, the protocol of, uh, being prepared for, for these storms, you know, growing up here and, you know, and people that have lived here for quite some time, uh, they, they know, you know, what, what the steps and measures are to be prepared for, for these things. Um, you, you can never sort of, uh, predict what a storm is going to do, um, where it's going to turn. Um, yeah. we've been fortunate in Sarasota that, that, you know, we've dodged these bullets, if you will, um, uh we're looking at some of the
3: video uh, we're looking at some of the video on the screen Kyle and you can see you know some flooding on the streets there I'm wondering uh, throughout Sarasota as you know it at this hour if there's anything that's needed uh, or what is needed in that town
6: Uh you know I mean right now our uh emergency teams are out there along with uh police department and public works and uh parks and rec um and us as a city working in conjunction with uh the county um and you know, right now they're, they're out there uh, cleaning up debris um, and looking for the water to sort of recede, you know, um, because there were areas that, that, that uh, took quite a bit of, of flooding, particularly on the barrier islands. Uh, and right now, like I said, we're just waiting for that, that water to, to sort of uh, come down a little bit so that we can get the residents back to their homes and eventually get... Uh, those shop owners, those business owners, um, back out to their businesses so that they can uh, yeah. assess damage, if any.
3: All right. Well, it looks like uh, for the most part, I don't want to say you escaped. I mean, you see the video there. I'm sure there's going to be some damage, but it's it's good to hear from you, uh, Kyle. That that certainly you dodged the worst of it. Uh, Kyle yeah, yeah. Batey, mayor there in Sarasota. Thank you, sir. Stay safe. Um, Thank you. Very- over. Yep, for sure. Kelly, uh, back to this issue of President Biden and, and Ron DeSantis. I, I was struck by that that comment earlier today from from President Biden when we heard from him in which he said, look, we're, we're talking, we're coordinating, we're getting along. What would you make of that real quick before we go from the president today?
8: Uh, you know, I think, as Julia said, it's, you know, kind of the approach he has to take with just being, leaving the politics aside and just focusing on the issue at hand. Um, but it is interesting that this could be someone that could be potentially challenging him. But I will say, in addition to this, this is also taking DeSantis off the campaign trail after yeah. that first debate. Obviously, he has to focus on his state, but I think he's the only governor, current governor in the race. Uh, so he has to be, you know, taken back to his state to serve there in addition to, campaigning so he has to you know balance two jobs right now
3: yeah a little bit of a delicate balance all right well coming up speaking of a delicate balance republicans what are they going to do going forward because mitch mcconnell the senate minority leader freezing did you see this video earlier today he froze again struggled to answer a reporter's question his staff had to jump in and help him out he's 81 years old we'll play the video you can see it for yourself and what comes next that's when we return here on the Hill on News Nation.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail—from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com/system, all lowercase. To take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com/slash system.
3: Okay. Here was the statement to News Nation, the senator's spokesperson saying, quote. Leader McConnell felt momentarily lightheaded and paused during his press conference today. Kelly, the word lightheaded Mm -hmm. is the second time now that That his team that we well, right, that we know this is the second episode that we know. of. But both times earlier this summer and today, his team has used the phrase lightheaded. The question here obviously is, is it more than that? Right. Which I think most people might say maybe it is.
8: And just unfortunate that it happened again, you know, in this press conference in Kentucky, that they come back next week, whether or not he will be joining them is the question. Uh, you know, it came up on a question of uh, there when they were asking, are you going to be running for re-election in 2026? Yeah. And, you know, and then this happened. The team from McConnell also telling us uh, that he feels fine, uh, but they said that he was going to see a doctor after this. Um, So I was just checking back in with them to see if he had that
3: appointment. What they say right now, though, doesn't really matter, does it, right? Like, everybody can watch that video and make their own judgment. Mm
8: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to see that. It's another moment that's being shared on, on social media and he's going to have to answer to whether or not that very question, will he be running for reelection?
3: All right, here's the timeline for Mitch McConnell. Uh, March 8th, he was hospitalized after a concussion from a fall. Uh, That's what his team said at the time. Fast forward five or six weeks later, he returns to the Senate. July 26th, there was a news conference inside the Capitol, a a very similar scene then, and then what we saw in Kentucky today. Uh, Ashley, we heard from Rick Scott basically take a pass on what should happen next, what's going to happen next, do you think?
10: Well, I'm wondering if we're going to ask the same questions about President Biden. Like I said earlier, you have a man who has fallen down the stairs multiple times, who is shuffling to all of his But is that the
3: comp here, or is the comp Dianne Feinstein?
10: I mean, it it, it goes across the board, right? You have 80-year-old senators, presidents, um, and I think that at this point in time, we have to ask: Are these the right people that should be in leadership in our country?
9: I think we have to differentiate age from health. I think yeah, just I think merely that's right. being eighty-one—I right. don't think that's a disqualifier. But I got to say, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, that's really hard to watch. For I've sure. been really critical of Mitch McConnell, uh, but watching that—I mean—that genuinely makes me sad. You don't want to see that. I thought Julia brought up a really great point. Mitch McConnell has been the glue for Republicans, and right. with McConnell now appearing to be sick, with Scalise being diagnosed with cancer, there's going to be a lot of questions about how Republicans hold the caucus together heading into what's going to be a potential shutdown. Here was President Biden earlier today reacting.
1: Thank you all very much.
11: Any concerns about (laughs) your
1: by the way I, uh, I, I just heard literally coming out and uh, Mitch is a friend, as you know, not a joke. We, we always you know people don't believe that case, but we have disagreements politically, but he's a good friend. And so I'm going to try to get in touch with him uh, later this afternoon. I don't know enough to know. Do you think he's Thank you. And should- Julia,
3: we sat up here for weeks talking about Dianne Feinstein and Democrats, Democrats, members of her own party, saying she's got to go. Yeah, Is that where this heads with Mitch McConnell or... No, because he's the Senate minority leader.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know where it goes for, uh, you know for Republicans going forward because we don't really know who the heir apparent would be in that situation. We know that John Barrasso, John Thune, um, Joni Ernst, there's a number of powerful Republicans high up, but we don't know who would eventually come next. And it comes at a time when the Senate Republicans have really acted as the establishment portion of the party. Whereas you have Speaker McCarthy in the House who's struggling to wrangle the Freedom Caucus and maybe the more moderate members together So the Republican Party is really in a way at a fork in a road in the road at this moment. And we don't really know where Mitch McConnell falls.
3: All right. Well, coming up, preparing for recovery. President Biden still facing criticism for his response to the Maui wildfires, even while preparing for the Adalia recovery. So how is the president being tested and why this moment could be critical for him? He was asked about it earlier today. We'll get into it on the other side of the break. So we continue to closely track, uh, which is what is now, by the way, Tropical Storm Adalia. The eye of the storm is now inland. Heavy rains have made their way to South Carolina. That's where we find Robert Sherman uh, on the ground in Charleston this evening. Robert, what are you, what are you seeing there? What are you feeling there?
12: Hey there, Blake. Yeah, it's no mystery that this storm is knocking on the door here in South Carolina. It's just in the last few minutes. These winds have become consistent. They've become a force that is really impossible to mistake here. But it's not the wind that has local officials most worries. It is flooding. And you see what they're doing right now, trying to empty out their sewers, empty out their reservoirs in order to try and prepare for the rainfall that is set to come here. It's really a confluence of issues that you have here, Blake. On the one hand, they call this the low country for a reason. Not a lot of elevation. Second, we're in the middle of a king tide right now. You see the water that's down below us right here. There used to be shoreline there earlier today. Not anymore. They're worried that those two elements combined with the rainfall that's on the way is going to really cause a flooding problem here in Charleston later in the day, which is why they've been asking all local residents, start putting out your sandbags, start making your plans, and get off the roads as quickly as possible. Now, that being said, winds have also been problematic today. The National Weather Service confirming at least one tornado touched down in this area, strong enough to yank a car off the road, which we saw earlier today. That's why they're asking everybody to get off the road and hunker down tonight. The main message being be smart, be safe. And don't give law enforcement and emergency crews an unnecessary reason to come out into the storms later tonight. But we'll be with you all night long, Blake, as the storm comes here to South Carolina later this evening.
3: Blake. Robert Sherman, Uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Robert, thank you. Stay safe as well. Now, while the federal government responds to the devastation from the storm, questions still remain about the Biden administration's response in Hawaii, in Maui, the town of Lahaina. The president speaking today about that and even welcomes, he was asked about it, uh, even welcomed an investigation into what happened in Lahaina. Watch.
12: Are you concerned that all the potential government shutdown would
4: impact the recovery efforts? And what is your reaction to House Republicans who say that they're pushing a investigation into the federal response in Maui?
1: Well, I'm, I welcome a federal response in Maui. Uh, I uh, I think that uh, they should go out and talk to every elected official, from the mayors to the governors to the United States senators to the congresspersons. Uh, I welcome. What do you make of that,
3: Michael? I mean, it's it's an interesting tack for him to take.
9: Yeah, I don't know if I would ever welcome a Republican <laughs> investigation. Those aren't right. exactly the most, you know, honest investigations. Um, I think Democrats have let the narrative around Hawaii get away from them. I, no one expected it to be as big of a tragedy as it was. Plus, getting materials to Hawaii is always difficult. I think there was a question on the beach that the president did flub, and it made it exacerbated the situation. But hold on a second, because yeah. you, you talk about the narrative, but hundreds of people are dead. Absolutely. I mean, that's not the president's fault. There were fires that broke out. There was electricity lines that went down that burned an entire you know, portion of the island. I think what the president... Uh, could have done better was when asked that question responded to the question i think there's always looking backwards things they could have the done no better. comment question exactly yeah right. but when you talk to people on the ground in hawaii fema was immediately on the ground they were giving supplies the president being in hawaii was not going to help the situation it was only going to exacerbate things so i think democrats need to be better about getting that narrative
10: I'm going to disagree because it really, requires, I mean, how much criticism did George Bush get for flying over Katrina and not showing up? I mean, I don't Katrina care was if you have one difference. job. You have one job as president. That's to respond to emergencies. Perhaps, you know, the hundred billion dollars that's gone to Ukraine is acceptable, but sending $700 to a person per person in Maui is enough. It's not enough. Children burned to death in their home. And Computer our Ukraine president said, our impulse. president said no comment. It's unacceptable. People were left. Children were left to die, to burn to death in their homes. It, it warrants a much greater comment from I president. think part of
3: what Ashley's getting to is there's a $700 stipend fee essentially from FEMA. Um, th- this was a, a part of the White House briefing today because we now know that uh, the United Way is saying they've got some 7,000 people there in Hawaii who say we need more help up to $5,000. Is it not a fair question to say, wait a minute, we're sending all this money overseas, and you got folks there in Hawaii who have their lives ruined, who have family members killed all around them. They don't know where their kids are going to go to school and when, and
9: or even, we're, $700. We're, we're, Com- we're, Com- comparing apples to oranges or even, doesn't solve the okay, problem. We have missiles that take are Take it off
10: dropped. the table. $700 a person is not okay. There are, there are children who are dead. There are parents that can't even find their children. And the president continues to make comments about... how his house suffered a a kitchen fire. That's not acceptable. That is not the right response from the President of the United States. And On top of this, I will say the the cost of living, the cost of everything is more expensive in Hawaii. And then
8: I also will say from the people perspective of what I was hearing from people uh, there in Hawaii was that they felt forgotten. Uh, That was our reporting from our producer, Tanya. I asked that at the Pentagon. Uh, They said that they got there fast enough, but to those on the ground, they felt like the response wasn't fast enough. And notoriously, historically, the response to our islands, uh, Hawaii, the puerto rico u.s Virgin islands guam is slow
3: do you think that there was so president biden was asked about hawaii and he gave the infamous no comment when he's on the beach in delaware uh during his vacation i noticed i don't know if you noticed this too but after that the white house all of a sudden was like here's what we're doing here's yeah, what we're yeah. doing here's what we're doing yeah. here's what we're doing yeah. they were trying to back up the president and sort of it, to me it was almost like a all right, we we know we got to do something about they, this.
2: They have to, because there was that. And then there was, of course, the controversy over him not showing up to East Palestine. Yeah. But in regards to... I keep
3: asking about that and they yeah. won't, you know, like we, we, we don't get a date. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Going. I would say in regard to Ukraine, though, this was always a question, I think, from the beginning of that war that the White House that the administration would eventually have to answer. You know, there was a lot more public support. Public support was so much higher for giving aid to Ukraine, but there's always been a question of how long will that last? And you have what first were fringes of both parties, the progressives and ultra-conservatives, you know, sort of complaining about that in you know, 2022. But now that idea has become much more mainstream. Now we have multiple tragedies and natural disasters. It's becoming an issue. All
3: right. Well, coming up here on the Hill as we continue to watch the storms, by the way, live shots, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, and tracking Idalia. Uh, the search for a running mate Former President Trump will join South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem for a rally in her home state amid chatter about who might be his vice presidential pick if he gets the nomination as things are looking that way. And what about Vivek Ramaswamy? Now all of a sudden the president's talking him up a little bit. And someone else who wants Vivek Ramaswamy to stop talking about them. Eminem, when The Hill Returns.
7: at drivetime.com
12: day one
0: the hardest day the day you hear
7: this is a type of blood cancer
0: But day one is just one day. At the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, we are here to help you move past day one. On day 45, I discovered an online community who shared great tips for in-treatment care. I missed a lot of school during treatment, and LLS helped me keep up. To learn more and get help on day two, day 28, or any day, please visit LLS.org or call 1-800-955-4572. End your summer right with HP's best tech products at the lowest prices with up to 67% off from laptops and desktops to printers, monitors, and more, as well as free shipping store-wide. Whether you're going back to school or back to work, find amazing deals on HP Envy, Spectre, and Pavilion computers, as well as printers and monitors. You don't want to miss the amazing Labor Day savings at hp.com.
8: A message from Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous.
6: I came to Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous overweight and depressed. I was dieting, binging, stealing food, and lying about it for years.
8: For help, call 781-932-6300
5: or visit foodaddicts.com. I knew I had a weight problem. I didn't know I was
0: addicted to food.
5: The
1: F.A. program gave me a healthy body. I'm free from obsessing about my weight
8: or food. Call F.A. 781-932-6300 or visit us on our website at foodaddicts.org.
0: $29 a month and his wife Ann a $500,000 policy for only $21 a month. Go to
12: selectquote.com.
11: I'm Jay Winnick. On 9-11, I lost my brave brother, Glenn, in the collapse of the World Trade Center. Glenn was a volunteer firefighter who died in the line of duty. Glenn's bravery inspired me to help start the nonprofit that's turned September 11th into a national day of service. For 9-11 this year, please join me by doing what Glenn would have done, taking time to help others. Please visit 9-11-day.org to learn more.
1: Hear
7: what's on your mind. As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them, but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov
3: one free. That's two bottles for only $39.95. Plus you'll also receive a bottle of vitamin XL D3 absolutely free and it's backed by a
1: 60 day money back guarantee. If you're not satisfied just return the unused portion for a full refund of the purchase price.
6: If you're living with joint or muscle pain caused by inflammation, try Omega XL and see the difference it can make in your life.
3: Order now to get this special offer. Two bottles of Omega XL plus Vitamin XL D3
7: for only $39.95. Act now. Back in my day, we didn't have all these types of fancy chicken.
12: Pretty sure you have buffalo wings and fried chicken.
7: Well, we didn't have garlic farm or sweet bourbon barbecue.
12: And he had to walk uphill both ways.
7: And it snowed every time.
11: Yeah, right, Grandpa. You're from Miami. <laughs>
7: News Nation
0: has a trust rating higher than CNN, Fox, and MSNBC. You can only be the most trusted name in news with the most trusted names in news. Another reason why
3: News Nation is news for all America. We continue to follow a Dahlia. Now, a tropical storm was a major hurricane early this morning, now a tropical storm moving its way up from the Florida Gulf Coast, uh, moving north and east. And as Adalia moves away from Florida, it is leaving behind catastrophic flooding in some parts. Uh, joining us now is Ryan Bass. Uh, he is on the ground in Tampa. Ryan, what do you, you see in there? Well, Blake, I'll tell you
4: what, you're starting to see roads opening up here behind me on Bayshore Boulevard. This was closed for the last hour and a half, but officers now starting to remove some of these signs. This area right here was completely engulfed in water about 13 hours ago when we got here. And now, signs of returning to life. All bridges here in the Tampa Bay area are back open. That includes the Skyway, the Howard Franklin Bridge, the Courtney Campbell Causeway, three of the main arteries that connect Hillsborough and Pinellas County. Schools, both in Pinellas and Hillsborough, will pick back up and reopen tomorrow as well. So, life getting back to normal, but it certainly was not anything close to normal about 13 hours ago when we got out here in South Tampa along Bayshore Boulevard. I want to show you some video of what we were experiencing really about 10 to 13 hours ago, which was folks dealing with some severe flooding and storm surge. Let's first show you how some families were dealing. This was towards some of the the higher tides that we were seeing in Tampa Bay with some families out on the paddleboard. You had a, a father with his two kids kind of in this neighborhood getting around. That was some really ripped Currents and tides that were coming through, a little dangerous, but certainly better than wading in the water, obviously, yourself, to avoid any power lines or sharp objects. Still pretty dangerous to see this father and his kids out there uh, on this paddleboard. They were able to kind of go through the neighborhood, survey everything. They came back. Everything is A-OK. And then a video that I was able to post that actually went viral on TikTok, it was a man that was on his bike, and he was biking through the storm surge up to basically the other artery that we have here to Bayshore Boulevard wearing his helmet so safety obviously a concern for him however uh, he was uh, not able to get through that storm surge it was uh, it was obviously an issue there the reopening of the roads here so some of the cars were able to go through but that man had his bike helmet on wasn't able to get through the storm surge with just how powerful it certainly was I was able to speak to a number of different residents that live in this neighborhood and have for quite some time however I got to meet Roe a guy who moved here one month ago who said the storm surge that he experienced here in his neighborhood was unlike anything he's ever seen.
1: It's kind of surreal. Uh, I, get, I go out every morning and, and walk or run on, on Bayshore, and uh, obviously that's not possible today. Uh, it, it's kind of surreal.
4: So that was obviously here in South Tampa. Across the bridge in Pinellas County, we saw folks that had to get evacuated by dump trucks. St. Pete City dump trucks were actually taking them inshore acres, that's a very low-lying area, to higher ground because of the flooding. So storm surge certainly an issue. It has been All day long here, but as the waters have receded, obviously folks now able to assess the damage and just see how bad all of this storm surge and flooding uh, from the hurricane will do damage here in the Tampa Bay region, both in uh, Hillsborough and Pinellas counties.
3: Yep, and parents here, three words, Ryan. School open tomorrow. Ryan Bass, live in Tampa. Ryan, thank you so much. All right, turning now over to the campaign trail. Remember when the Republican presidential candidate, Vivek Ramaswamy, showed up at the Iowa State Fair and did this?
9: loud he opens his mouth
6: but the words won't come out he's joking how everybody's joking now the clock's run out time's up over plow snap back to <laughs> <laughs>
3: better than i can do that of course eminem's lose yourself uh now eminem though is demanding that ramaswamy running second third in the republican primary stop using his music vivek ramaswamy has said sure you got it Conservatives, though, some upset with Eminem for asking Ramaswamy to cease and desist. You got a beef with this?
10: Uh, this, is, this is pretty common, though, whether it's Hollywood telling conservatives to stop. Was Matt Damon told Trump to stop referencing something in Ben Affleck? And then, you? I mean, this is just kind of normal, which is why... President Trump had a very limited playlist at his rally, <laughs> yeah. you know. He like, really leaned into YMCA. <laughs> um, 12 months. Can't yeah. always get what you want, songs like that, Masha I guess. Man. But, yeah, yeah. Masha There's a exactly. lot of
9: dad energy going on with that <laughs> little
3: <laughs> he's got a. He's got a young, I've seen him holding the young yeah. gray. You yeah. interviewed like the nine-month-old, right?
8: Yeah, or how old uh, he are was uh, holding him and we were doing the interview and he kept grabbing at the camera and yeah. the fuzzy microphone. It was really
9: uh, cute. Uh, That's every like, candidate should do interviews with their kids. It's good for him, unless you're Ted Cruz. So, by the way,
3: speaking of Ramaswamy, Donald Trump in an interview asked about with Vivek Ramaswamy would be his vice president if it got to that quote. Well, I think he's great. He could be in some form of something. I tell you, I think he'd be very good. I think he's really distinguished himself. That's Donald Trump talking him up.
2: Yep, he's talking them up. And I will say, last week in Milwaukee, Kelly was there too. And we were in the spin room. It was interesting to see all of the pro Trump surrogates come in. And it was like they were pro Ramaswamy surrogates. Mm. And Ramaswamy has really made a habit over the course of the last few months of really talking Donald Trump up, uh, right. you know, leading a lot of us to question, what's he running for?
3: So when I was asked who won or lost the debate, I always hate that question for a lot of reasons. But the answer that I gave was Christy No. Wasn't on the stage. But in the middle of the debate, had the South Dakota ad prominently featured, (laughs) come to my state and look at what happens. Donald Trump is now going to South Dakota for a rally. And there is some talk about maybe it could be. Christy Nome as a vice presidential running mate.
8: Yeah, it could be. I mean, with the Ramaswamy, you see that for that side, it's that you know he's been loyal, and Trump likes loyalty. So if Nome is loyal and goes out there and talks him up, she could have a good a good slide in there. But you know, she's also very popular in the state. She was very popular here on Capitol Hill. Um, she's definitely been you know some some's pick for running herself for president. Um, so people have been eyeing her up for the. But past she basically years. got
3: out because she said I. Can't beat Donald Trump, and and so now Trump's maybe saying, "Thank you."
8: Yeah, right? this maybe, but it's still early. But it may be something to look at.
9: Trump's big on central casting, and Kristi <laughs> Noem seems like the perfect VP for Donald Trump. The question I think has to be for Kristi Noem after you watch what happened to Mike Pence and his vice presidency. Why would you want to be on the stick? Ashley, last word Yeah, but, but
10: I will say, I it's funny because a couple of months ago when I was on the show, there was a lot of talk about Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis being able to take uh, Trump out. And now we're talking about who will be Trump's uh, running mate. So I think that goes to really cement the fact that President Trump has such a significant lead in this Republican primary. And
3: of course, it's a hypothetical if at this point, but it's part of the conversation. All right, coming up, I'll look at what caught our eye, including on this day as we continue to follow uh, that. Huge storm making its way across the southeast. A message from the governor of Florida. Something you don't really hear every day. What Ron DeSantis had to say that got us going, hmm, that was interesting. Coming up. Tonight
0: on News Nation, from hospitals to nursing homes, serial killers lurk in the shadows of the healthcare system. Ashley talks to an expert about specific red flags that make healthcare serial killers unique. Tonight on Band.
6: As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did, and just maybe someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
7: Everyone has a community. A neighborhood, school, kids' teams, where you worship, work, work out, or any other place or group where you choose to belong. Communities can provide support when you need it, and even when you don't know you do. Like when it comes to preventing underage drinking and other substance use. Community members can be your eyes and ears when you're not with your kids and alert you to signs of potential problems. Learn more at talktheyhearyou.samhsa.gov.
11: Baves. What are you doing? What? I'm just mowing the lawn.
9: No, it's blazing hot and dry out here. Don't you remember? Smokey Bear says...
1: Avoid using power equipment when it's windy or dry. Where'd you learn this?
11: Oh, it's on...
1: SmokeyBear.com, with many other wildfire prevention tips.
7: Right.
11: Thanks, honey bear.
1: Because remember, only you can
7: prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
12: After I lost my mom, I lost my way. Then I found youth advocate programs, YAP, behavioral health services. As a little kid, I made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake.
11: YAP gives communities alternatives to residential care, youth incarceration, and neighborhood violence. After completing our program, nearly 90% of participants remain in their community. YAP works.
12: I'm working towards a bright future.
11: Youth advocate programs. Others talk social change. We make it happen. Learn more at yapinc.org.
0: I met him when he was in his 30s. 15 years old with multiple disabilities. It was a traumatic brain injury. Several surgeries led to his swallowing disorder. His goal was to get back to work. Social interaction was the key to helping him. Oh, he was dedicated. When he ate, his friends cheered. And he made it back to work. Everyone has the right to communicate. Find an ASHA certified speech language pathologist today at asha.org public.
3: You can always come up with an excuse for not visiting longtermcare.gov. Oh, I forgot.
7: Game night. After all, who wants to admit that one day they will be, you know, old?
6: Hey, do you see any crow's feet on this face? I don't.
4: But since 70% of older Americans need some kind of long-term care,
7: why not do some free planning now so you can stay in charge? Visit longtermcare.gov and find your own path forward. You're listening to News Nation. To get America's fastest-growing news channel on your screen, go to
12: joinnn.com. Do you want to make a difference in your community? Volunteer with your local fire department. Operational and non-operational positions are available, and training is provided. Anyone can be a volunteer. You just need the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. When your community needs you, will you be there to answer the call? Learn more about volunteering at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. Pass it on. Here's a short quiz Who won Best Actress last year? Who won the World Series two years ago? And finally, name your favorite teacher. Pass it on. Now, I'm guessing that the last question was the easiest. Why is that? Because that person made a difference in your life. So, go ahead and make a difference. Because making a difference is in you. On. From PassItOn.com.
0: More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters.
3: All right, so before we say goodbye, here are some stories that caught our eye. Um, X, Twitter, I still call it Twitter, <laughs> X is bringing
9: back political ads. You guys ready for that? Just, just what the world needs. Just as if Twitter, yeah. Twitter isn't bad enough and dark enough, let's throw political ads into it.
8: Another place for people to get inundated with ads. But it's interesting the timing of it with former President Trump coming back and posting last Thursday after that, and then now this rolling out. Though Elon has been kind of, you know, did the thing with DeSantis and also like. I think the
3: timing here is they need money. (laughs) Advertisers have pulled out, so it's like, all right, we had this thing that made us money. Now people aren't giving us as much money, so let's take the thing that gave us money. And put it back into the product. Yeah, And, we, and it's political ads. Yeah, we are just talking <laughs> yeah. about
2: how, I don't know, it's not the same as it used to be. I don't find it as user-friendly. I feel like a lot of or people useful. are... Or useful. Yeah, people are turning off to it or tuning out of it. So, don't
3: you know. All right, well, I'll, I'll, something that was on my timeline last night, I clicked, I watched it, and I said, hmm, that was interesting. And sort of when you think about politics and politicians, maybe not something you see every single day. Here was the, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis... Uh, yesterday in the lead- up to hurricane Adalia watch
11: don't leave your pets behind you got to take them with them take them with you and these hotels are going to be understanding of that all the counties have at least one pet friendly shelter as well so please take care of your pets very very important they need you uh, in this type of circumstance
3: that in- interesting
9: moment a uh, moment of levity there for the governor a pro pet Ron DeSantis is a DeSantis. I can get behind. I never thought I'd agree with him. But listen, if anything ever happens to Arthur, he and I are going to a shelter together.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love this. I mean, Ron DeSantis gets a lot of flack for not being warm and personal. Right, like this personality was really that. relatable. Yeah, it was a genuine so, moment. Yeah.
8: Bob genuine. Barker moment. I felt like a no, to Bob Barker. Have <laughs> your pets fade into All right, yeah. Julia,
3: Michael, oh. Ashley, Kelly, thank you so much. Thanks. Fun time, yeah. big day with a lot of news, uh, especially in Florida and in the Southeast. We will be back here on the Hill on News Nation tomorrow afternoon, 5 o'clock Eastern. Until then, Elizabeth Vargas and Elizabeth Vargas Reports picks up our coverage right now.
2: Tropical storm Adalia is soaking the southeast right now after battering the Florida coast as a deadly Category 3 hurricane and leaving a trail of destruction and flooding in its wake. Despite warnings of the deadly storm surge, some decided to write it out. We'll speak to one of them and hear a firsthand account of Adelia's power. Then search and rescue operations are